This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals just like you, where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is dead wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. And I'm joined in the studio with my uh, producer, Ramon. How you doing, Ramon? I am fantastic. How about yourself? I'm fantastic. It's easier. You're fantasticer. Fantasticer. Yes. Okay. So uh, now we always start every episode these days with the headlines of the day. You love that, don't you? I do indeed. Because you're a news junkie. I am. And we've been able to afford sound effects. Oh, is that right? That's right. We still still have those. That's still in the budget. Still in the budget. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready. We're getting slicker all the time here. Okay, Starbucks. You know, Starbucks is pulling their advertising from social media. Uh Did you hear that? I did. How are we going to remember to drink coffee in the morning? <laughs> Where were we? Oh. Now, there used to be a saying, us old guys. How old are you, Ramon? I am 50. Okay, well, like, uh, I'm an old guy, so you young guys. Whippersnapper. Uh, yeah, he's a punk. But there used to be a saying, that and a nickel will buy you a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Right? Somebody would say something inane, Correct. and then they'd say, yeah, well, that and a nickel will buy you a cup of coffee. Now, now that phrase is that and $3.25 will get you a double decaf venti vanilla latte. So it's slightly different I believe I believe the current uh, the current phrasing, though, is pumpkin spiced latte. Pumpkin spiced? Yeah. No, I don't like pumpkin flavored stuff except pie. I got another headline of the day. Hit me. Dr. Dre. His wife filed for divorce. I did see that. Did yes, you see that? Yes. I think she found out he may not be a real doctor. That may be what happened. That know. medical license I on the wall is false. Don't know if that was real or not. Ugh. You know, I'm a veterinarian. Did you know that? I did not. Self-taught. Know that. Yeah, it was just. That. <laughs> oh, okay. So let's get down to real estate. So, uh, so one one thing I wanted to talk about today is presenting offers. When you're presenting offers. Uh, how that goes. So uh, uh, I have a uh, – I was making a brochure for me in real estate. So I used to be a professional photographer. Did you know that about me, Ramon? I I did not. Professional photographer, yes, where we learned the the rule of thumb. The only difference between pornography and art is lighting. (laughs) That's true. That's a true fact. So, but anyway, I was a professional photographer. I did little girls' beauty pageants. Do you remember that that stuff? Mm, Jean Ramsey. Should we edit this out of the? No, <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it's fine. You know, I made Jean I, Benet, I, I, yeah. I made some money doing it. It was not. It was combat duty. But anyway, <laughs> so I think all those little girls are forty now. But that's that's the way it goes. You could buy so, a house from you someday. Yeah, it's possible. In fact, some of their parents did buy houses for me. That's interesting. But but I got. Uh, so I was shooting the photographs for my own brochure, but then I needed a picture of me. So uh, I go to this guy who's a professional photographer who's a friend of mine, fellow, fellow guy. And uh, he, so I go to his office. I'm going to look at the proofs you know, that of the photographs he's taken of me, you know, dressed up looking sharp uh, for real estate. And he says to me, hey, Bob uh, – you know, I'm. Um, uh, he goes. How he goes. How old is uh, 
your daughter? I said, oh, she's uh, – or he goes, I don't know, this is that. I'm looking at the thing. He goes, you know, I'm thinking about selling my house. That's what he said. I go, really? I go, uh, well, you know what? Here's – well, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's find a time when we can uh, get together and, and we'll talk about that. He goes – he says, well, actually, I was thinking about selling it for sale by owner. So wisely, I just let that go, you know. I said, "Oh, okay. Well, let's look at the uh, let's look at the photographs." So then, as we're looking at the photographs, Tom, this is Dave. He says, uh, "How old is your daughter, Megan?" And I said, "You know, she just turned one one year old." And uh, he goes, "You know what? We should get her in here, and we'll do a little one year old uh, portrait of her." I said, "You know, uh, I used to be a professional photographer." I was thinking about doing that myself, but that would be as dumb as you being a FISBO, wouldn't it? Anyway, that's a, so anyway, I end up listing his house. So I list his house, and uh, he has this uh, garage where it's set up. Where he's got all his photo junk in the garage and everything, and we end up getting competing offers on the, uh, on the house. So there's three uh, offers. Now, one of them had – uh, emailed the offer to me, and I'm going to present it to him. And then there was these two uh, female real estate agents, nice people, and they were going to go and at the same time that I'm going to present the phoned-in offer, they're going to present their offers themselves directly to him because they thought that would be a good idea, and I agree that was a good idea. So – the one, the one lady, I, you know, I said, you guys just sit out here in the garage together, and I'll, uh, I'll be in the studio, I guess, photo studio. I said, then uh, I'll present my offer, which was not my buyer, some other agent's offer. So I present that to him. I do a little net sheet. He comes out with X number of dollars in proceeds. Then I bring in, uh, you know, the first lady. So she comes in. She presents her offer. I do a net sheet. I said, just go back out into the soundproof booth and we'll, we'll talk. And, and her offer was uh, better uh, significantly than the net-wise than the one that I presented. Then I bring out contestant number three, right? So this lady comes out. She sits down and she says – she goes, by the way, before I begin – she goes, did you get a chance to meet my uh, – she goes, I can't remember if you got a chance to meet my buyers. So Tom's wife says uh, – you know, Tom says, well, I was at work. So she goes, no, I don't, I don't think I did, you know. She, is, she said, well, they love your house. They absolutely love everything about your house. It's absolutely perfect for them. We've seen lots and lots of houses. This is by far the best. And uh, and they love – the best thing is if they've got three kids and those kids love your backyard. Now, I'm looking at the backyard, which has waist-high weeds, no grass because they've never been – it looks like they've never been out there. There's like patio furniture from the 1200s and there's dust three – you know, they've and, – and I'm looking, really? Is that is – that, could that be true? So uh, – and then she says – Oh, by the way, here's pictures of their kids. So she lays out these pictures of the kids, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, this lady. 
<laughs> is killing me. This is beautiful. Now, Tom is looking at the pictures going, well, the heads are not quite close enough to the top, and I'm not sure about that lighting. And and his wife is going, oh, look how cute they are and all this stuff. And I'm going, okay, we're dead. Now I know who's buying the house, right? So um, I said, okay, you know, I do the net sheet. Now, her offer was significantly lower or a little bit lower than the uh, than the other one. I say, okay, thank you. She goes back out in the soundproof booth. I said, I will, I will have a, uh, an answer, either a counteroffer or something for you here in just a minute. So um, I go back. I sit down. I said, oh, what do you want to do? And Tom's wife says, oh, no, we're the kids. We're selling it to the kids. I said, yes, I, I, I know that. I already got that figured out. I said, but what about the, the price? I said, it's lower than the other. She goes, that's all right. It's for the kids. And Tom looks at her like, is this the woman I was married to yesterday who only cared about money? Really? And I said, you know, it, it, it's not going to be a problem if we do a counteroffer, really. And, and she goes, no, 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 that's it. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. So secret number one to the skill of presenting offers is get on the side of the seller. It is very common that I would have somebody – now. Presenting your offer in person to somebody else's seller really hardly ever happens anymore. Is that a good idea? No, it's a bad idea. But people are lazy and that's how that happens. So it is laziness that causes that, usually on typically on the side of the buyer agent, but also the seller agent. So but if you get the opportunity, you want to not the the thing that I see people would do is they would come to, you know, my listing. They would be presenting their offer and they'd say, well, Bob, you know, we did some uh, comps. So we've looked at other, you know, my people like your house, but they have some others they like too. Well, I'm thinking immediately, this person's off track. This is not, this is not going to help their cause. They should be sucking up to my seller full time like that lady did. She did it exactly right. So saying that you have other options really is not sucking up to me like the way I like to be sucked up to. And then telling me – showing me these comps to justify your crappy low offer, um, that's, that's really not the, not the way to go. So um, here's how I was taught to do it. You go in. You get on their side like that lady did. And then you explain what's at stake. So you have three components. So I've got my three components right here. Here's my coffee cup. That's your house, right? At the seller's house. Here's the buyer. These are my ear pod, you know, you know, that thing. And then there's my calculator. That's the buyer. So I've got the the seller, the buyer, and the house. Now those are the three components we need to have in place to have success today. Now, if any one of these components were to go away, like the buyer, we don't have success today. But right now, we've got everything we need. Okay, So the letting them know what's at stake is, is the secret. So you're on their side. You explain the three components. Now, and then you let them know what their options are, the seller. So as the seller, you have, you know, two options. You can accept the offer, in which case we still have all three components that we need to have success, or you could reject the offer, in which case 
one of those goes away. Now, the listing agent could say, or we could do a counter, and you'd say, that's right. And that is the same, technically, as a rejection. And then the buyer goes away, and we don't have the three components. But right now, here we sit. We've got all three components that it takes to get everybody what we want. And in my opinion, it's a beautiful thing when the buyer like we talked about, has looked at all these other houses and you have the best house for the buyer. And it's also great when the seller has the best buyer for their house. And right now, I think that may be what we have right here. So now they know what's at stake. Then you hit them with the highlights, okay? By the way, I'm going to just mention if any of the stuff that we talk about on this podcast make sense to you and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were, or maybe you're making plenty of money, but you don't know how to have a life at the same time. But if you're open to the idea of having some help with that, if you'd like to learn more about fearless agent coaching, you can call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That is my cell phone number. And we'll just see if you and what you're trying to do and what we do, if that would be even be a good fit. If it is a good fit, you will get rich. If it's not a good fit, we'll admit that to each other, and I'm still happy to help you in other ways. So you just call me anytime at 480-385-8810. And also, I wanted to mention, if you are a real estate company owner and you happen to re be recruiting fewer producing agents than you wish you were, we have a recruiting coaching program for you. So you can, again, call me at 480-385-8810 anytime. We'll talk about that. And I don't ever want you to think you're bothering me. I don't have anything better to do than to make you rich. So if you want to have a question you want to know the answer to, you call me anytime. If you, if you cannot afford coaching but you wish you could, please go to fearlessagent.com. Watch our webinar. It's about 45 minutes long. Take a lot of notes. Go to the video training page, and my guarantee is that those free videos would be much better coaching than any other coach in America could offer you. And if you ever have a question, again, you can always call me because we want to help you no matter what. So go to fearlessagent.com. The um, third step in the skill of presenting offers is hit them with the highlights. So on the outside – you know, you've got the offer in your manila folder, which is my favorite product from the Philippines, Ramon. And then you uh, would put three things on the outside. So I'm not laying out the offer when I'm presenting an offer, either to my own seller or to somebody else. So more often than not, I'm presenting offers, someone else's offer who's too lazy and they're phoning it in to my seller, and I'm doing the best job I can with the information I got. Now, I have called the other agent, and I have asked them this question. I say, how many, who chose the lender? Rule number one, if there's a loan, who chose the lender? Now, if it's a cash offer, I want to know, is it real cash or is it seminar cash? So agents and buyers go to these sleazy seminars where they're taught to get hard money loans and they say their offer's cash, but it really isn't cash. So I want them to have their own cash. They're not having to get it from somebody else. That's a cash offer. So if they're getting a loan, I always ask the agent, who chose the lender? 
<clears throat> what I don't want to hear is they picked them off the internet. They Googled around to find the, the lowest rate. I want to know that the agent chose the lender for the buyer. That's the right answer. Then, how many successful transactions have you had, Mr. Buyer Agent, with that particular lender? And I want them to say, hopefully they're saying, oh, I've been working with that lender for years. We've had lots of, lots of, okay, so that's good enough for me. Now, give me the cell phone number of your lender. So now I'm going to call your lender and I'm going to ask the very same question. I'm going to say, how many transactions have you had with that agent? And if they're going, Joan who? Larry who? Who? Uh, That's not going to work, okay? So I want them to say, so if those answers match up, then I feel good about the, and then I ask the lender this question. I say, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being metaphysical certitude of the buyer qualifying for and obtaining that loan, what are their chances? So if they say, oh, you know, there could always be a problem, but it's a nine, that's, that's great. So I would write nine on the outside of my manila folder. Then the closing date, which is the date the seller's going to get the money, turn over the keys typically. So I'm going to write that on the outside. Okay, so if that's, you know, August, you know, 15, whatever. So I'd write 815. And then I've done a net sheet an estimate, and I've made it a, uh, a conservative estimate so that they're going to do better for sure based on that offer because there's a lot of things in the offer that could be one way or the other. So I'm going to write down – so let's say it's 134000 So I just write 134 on the outside. So they're not going to look at those numbers and know what those mean. And they're just there sitting, sitting by the side. So you know, I go and, again, I get on their side. And then I, um, uh, you know, I'm, I've got the three components. I let them know what's at stake. And then I say, you know, <clears throat> if you're like most sellers, and I think you are, and I'm going to enjoy a lovely beverage here because I've got a tickle in my throat. Entertain the troops while I'm drinking. What uh, flavor, what brand of coffee might that be? It's Folgers. I knew you it. Need to worry. It's Mountain Grown, isn't it? Is I that, think so. Is it Mountain Grown? Is that Juan Valdez? I believe so. He had a donkey too, if I recall. He did have a donkey. That's right. He's probably got like a backhoe or a bobcat these days. It's different. So he's got one of those. He's got a quad. If we see Wanville, he's on a quad. I'm pretty sure. It's a different different era. So I say to the seller, you know, if you're like most sellers, uh, you really care about three things, and those three things are how much are you going to get you know, based on the offer, you know, when are you going to get it and what are your chances of getting it? You know, how much are you going to get net after all the expenses are paid? When are you going to get it? That would be close of escrow day or moving day, you know, and then what are your chances of actually getting it? In other words, are they going to qualify for the loan? So one at a time, just so you know, and then I'm going to do those in reverse order. Okay, because we need drama. What, how much are you going to get is the thing that they're drooling over. So I'm saving that one for last. I go, this offer, uh, I called the agent and I said, who picked the lender? And they had the right answer. They said they picked the lender, not the buyer. That's what I want. 
And I said, how many transactions successful have you had with that lender? They said they've been working with that lender for years and had many transactions, so many they couldn't keep track. I called the lender. The lender actually had the same answer, which is what I wanted. And I asked the lender on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being metaphysical certitude of them qualifying for and obtaining a loan, and 1 being no chance, what are their chances of it? And they said 9. And it it doesn't get much better than that. So, so far, so good. If everything goes according to plan, uh, you would be seeing me hand you a check and moving day would be August 15th. Now, that's the target date. Sometimes there's a delay, but that's the date that we're shooting for with this offer. Is that a date that would work for you? They say yes, you know. I say, okay, and then I want you to make your plans based on this offer after all expenses are paid, everything is paid for, and this is money that you can spend. Uh, I'm going to hand you a check for $134,000. Any questions? Now, you be quiet after you say that. You're tempted to talk. They say – well, gee, we were hoping for more than that. And then you sit there with what my mentor Floyd Wickman used to call the puppy dog look. It's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they – that uncomfortable silence causes them to look at each other and say, what do you think, honey? And they go, ah, you know, maybe, maybe we should take it. And then they say, Bob, do you think we should take it? And my answer would be, I would. Yeah, If it's not so low that I can guarantee 1,000 percent that I can get them more, I'm going to say two words, I would. OK, we'll do it. All right, let me show you how we get there. OK, so that's it. Now, if they say, well, we were hoping for more than that, uh, do you think we could do a counteroffer? then make sure you write down this question. If the 134 net was the best you could ever do, would you take that money and get on with your life or would you live here forever? Because that's the magic question that needs to be asked right then. I don't want to talk about counteroffer until I get that question answered. If they say, uh, now, if I know they should not take that offer, I'm not going to recommend that they do. Actually, I probably would say, well, what do you want it? If they say, we'll take it, I'd say, so you're comfortable with the 134 net. Now, if I know I can get them more, I'd say, well, here's the thing. I know for a fact I can get you more and we're not going to accept that offer and we're going to be patient and we're going to wait for a better offer or we're going to counter this offer if that's doable, which it might not be because they might say no. But I, I'm never going to allow somebody to sell their house significantly below what I know they could get. But if there's any chance I'm wrong about that, I don't want to be the guy that says, hold out, let's get more. And then all of a sudden something happens and I can't even get them you know, maybe 5000 less than that. So again, you're going to get on their side. Suck up to the seller full time. 
don't badmouth them. The, the don't bring up comps. Don't mention any of that stuff. Uh, have the three components. Let them know what's at stake, and then you hit them with the highlights. So, if they say uh, we were hoping for more, you say I know. What do you want to do? Don't don't go into some big long me running my mouth is not going to fix it. Just as little as much silence as possible so that they make that decision themselves. And if they say, you know, that's then they I notice they start rationalizing it. You know, they say, well, you know, we really never thought we would get that much and blah, blah, blah. And then say, okay, so uh, what do you want to do? So what do you want to do is how I kind of present the offer. What do you want to do? And then I, I have them tell me what they want me to do. Now, if I'm going to do a counteroffer, what am I always going to get when I'm a fearless agent? I'm always going to get 1% of the sales price, non-refundable, earnest money, absolute, irrevocably and indisputably non-refundable for any reason. Okay, If the buyer doesn't qualify for the loan, the seller gets the earnest money. That's what it's for. If the buyer dies, the seller gets the earnest money. That's what it's for. So it's it's the penalty for being a flake or not buying the house when you said you would. You, when you promise me you're going to buy the house, you're either going to buy the house or you're going give to me, give me the 1% rounded up. So let's say it's a $260,000 house. It'd be $3,000 of non-refundable earnest money. That's the That way it is not so big that it would scare the buyer away, but it is enough to compensate the seller to take their house off the market for 30 days. If it's 60 days, it would be $6,000. The second thing I'm going to get if I do a counteroffer is it's going to be as is. Now, I'm, I'm either going to write that in the counteroffer, which I'm not a big fan of because writing that incorrectly uh, can be not great. So, But I'm going to call the buyer agent. I'm going to say, look, we're doing a counteroffer and I was going to write this in it, but I decided not to. So I'm just going to tell you. When you if you sign that counteroffer, you're buying the house as is. Okay, so here's the definition of as is. You get to have a home inspection. You can back out. When you back out, you get your earnest money back. You cannot ask for a repair. I will not, under any circumstances, allow any kind of repair, no matter how tiny. It will not happen. That's my policy. I never allow any seller to make a repair. You also cannot try and renegotiate the sales price based on the repair you think needs to be done because if you ask for that, the only sound you will hear will be me laughing at you, not with you. It will not happen. Do you understand that completely? Yes. Okay. So make sure you communicate that to your buyer and then the earnest deposit will be $3,000. It will be irrevocably and indisputably non-refundable for any reason. There will be no scenario where the 11th day comes along after that 10-day inspection period and you're getting that money back. It will not happen unless the seller breaches the contract. Then you would get your money back. Under no circumstances would you get it back. Do you understand that? So they understand that. So if I'm going to do a counteroffer, 
which has some risk involved in the buyer going away, I'm going to get what I want in that counteroffer. Why? Because I'm a fearless agent. And when you're a fearless agent, you sit on a throne made of the skulls of your enemies and you don't have to put up with the crap that other people have to put up with. So that's how it goes. Now, next week, what are we going to talk about, Ramon? It's going to be fun, I'll tell you that. It's going to be fun. We're talking about fun. We're going to party like it's 1999. (laughs) I think some of the listeners were not even born in 1999. No, I would imagine not. I actually have coaching students that were not born in 1999. So until next week, I want want to thank you all for joining us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. Please do give us a five-star review of this podcast. If you need help with recruiting, producing agents because you're a real estate company owner, if you are earning less selling real estate than you wish you were, you can always call me at 480-385-8810, and we can fix that very easily. And until next week, I want you to have fun. No matter what, have fun. When you have all these new skills, Please be humble and be fearless. Bye, gang. All right.